everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's October 20th. It's 2021. We have 11 NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. It's really the first big NBA slate of the season. Joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Well, you know, just getting my my tush kicked in NBA DFS. Had a bunch of Drew Holiday. Did not go well. I realized that, like, last second after the Claxon news, I'm like, I better add some of him and completely did my entire sheets and ended up with, like, 65% Drew Holiday for some reason just because of the way it messed around with things. So, yeah, but luckily Altuve just hit a home run and that won me a few grand. So I'm actually up on the day. Thank you to baseball. NBA may crush me, but baseball doing pretty well. If pool shows up a little bit, I might cash even with Drew Holiday and some single entry stuff that I played because I played Bielitsa and he's low owned and he has 16 fantasy points at half. So if he matches, if he matches his first half um, in the second half, and pull just does anything. Uh, could be, could be a salvageable opening day. Um, but good news know. is we got an eleven game slate. We have a lot Tomorrow. to talk about. Um, we're gonna jump right in because there's just so much to talk about. First big slate of the season. Rotations are so questionable this early in the year. Um, I mean, we can, uh, I mean, look at preseason a little bit. But I, you know me, I. I take it pretty light the first week because I want to see rotations. I don't trust preseason. So I, I say I take it light, but I mean, I'm going to play the slate like a normal slate because it's the first yeah. big one of the season. And um, I mean, yeah. Anyway, we, we'll get started here. We got Indiana at Charlotte's 223 and a half total. And Charlotte is a two point favorite. Holiday is questionable. Lamb is questionable. Levert and Warren are out. And then the Charlotte team, from everything that I've read, they're good to go as far as injuries. Um, Rogier and Bridges are both probable to play this game. Let's start with the Pacers. What's standing out to you here for Indiana? I mean, we kind of need to know about the Holiday and Lamb news. If they're out, then I think there could potentially be some value in there. Or maybe McConnell's in the starting lineup. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but... If those guys both end up missing, there's definitely going to be some value with someone, whoever goes into the starting lineup and a little bit more of an increase in um, usage to Brogdon's bonus. But Brogdon's kind of the guy that stands out to me. Um, a little worried about a shoulder issue that he has, but he should be good to go. It sounds like he's good to go for this one. 7.5K, just a little bit too low of a price tag. Like without LeBert in this lineup, the usage is all going to go to him and Sabonis. I don't mind Sabonis. It's not a terrible matchup going up against Charlotte, but the total in this game has already dropped four points since the open. So the money's definitely in on the under here. Um, Turner's fine, but I think Brogdon's really the play. And then whatever guy ends up starting, if Holiday and Lamb are out or if Holiday or Lamb are in, I think they're both, well, Lamb's potentially a decent salary saver here, but Brogdon's the guy. So, I mean, it's the same front court this season for Charlotte as far as the starters. P.J. Washington, Mason Plumlee, these guys gave up a ton of fantasy points last season. I think this is a spot Sabonis could just go absolute ham. He's expensive, but um, this could be a monster game for him. So, he's definitely someone on my radar. I'm with you. I think Brogdon's uh, usage is interesting. If Lamb or Holiday sit, I think Chris, is it Durant? Durrett um will end up starting at 3300 
I think he's someone that's could potentially, um, I mean, could potentially start and play 30 minutes at 3,300. We're going to have a few of these guys today. Um, so I think he's someone that, you know, you kind of want to pay attention to. My biggest concern with the Pacers is the bench, but it should offer, offer um, you know, a ton of minutes for these starters. So let's talk about the Charlotte side of things. What do you like here for the Hornets? I mean, ball, 7,700. Like, obviously, was all up and down pretty much all last season, was crushing it for a little while, and then seemed to be hit or miss. I think this year you probably should take a little bit of a step here, matchup versus Indy, not really a bad one. So Ball is definitely a guy that is very much in play. Um, Miss should be more secure without uh, Graham there. Uh, Rogier, he's probably going to play, it looks like. He's fine at 7,400. Hayward's fine at 7,500. Like, either one of them get to get it done, but Ball's kind of the play here. And then it'll be interesting seeing Plumlee in this offense, how many minutes he's going to end up getting. If he's going to possibly get 30 minutes, he can put up a pretty darn big outing in that time period. So 6K seems like a little bit of a low price tag for GVPs. I think he's definitely a guy that's in play. Washington, 6,900. I know that we saw him like kind of crushing that price tag for a little bit towards the end of the last season and then tailed off a little bit. Again, we don't know what these rotations are going to be. So Washington's fine, not great. I probably won't have much interest in him. But Plumlee and Mello are the guys that I think could be some decent GVP plays. I love Mello. Um, I think he's someone that is just going to crush here. Um, I mean, he had a 33% usage rate, averaging 20 minutes per game in the preseason. With with Graham gone, this is just it's going to be mellow. He's going to have a monster assist rate. His usage rate is going to be extremely high. This is a guy that I, I give it two weeks in the season. He's going to be at least 9K. So I'm going to be playing him quite heavily the first couple of weeks until the price catches up with the production. Um, we saw monster games from him last season. I mean, Hayward, I'm always kind of iffy on, but I mean, I do think that if he gets his normal amount of minutes, he's interesting, but the pace or the Charlotte team is a really tough team to kind of look at preseason too. Um, they had, they sat a lot of guys in preseason, not a lot of guys played uh, a ton of minutes. Like Boke Knight, Boke Knight is the guy that like played a ton in the preseason. Like, I don't think you have to look at that. I think you look at Mello, you look at Rogier and you look at Hayward and you kind of move on here. Um, I don't think you're wanting any of these role players or bench players from this offense. So, all right, Chicago at Detroit, 220 total. Chicago is a four-point favorite. Uh, Brown's questionable, White's out. And then on the Detroit side, Cunningham is out, Livers is out, and Smith is out. Um, we'll start with the Bulls. Way, way different look Chicago Bulls team going into the season. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vooch are the expected starting five. This is not your Chicago Bulls team you're used to. And I think the biggest hit here is Zach Levine, potentially with his usage likely going down this season. Yeah, I really don't know what to do with these Bulls here. I mean, I don't mind taking a shot on any of them, but I'm probably just staying away. I mean, Levine, Vooch, probably going to both take a little bit of a hit with their usage with DeRozan and Ball coming in there. Like, I just don't know what to do, and I'm probably just going to fade them. It's Magic versus Detroit. Yes, it's a five-point spread, so – Probably should be 
fairly close or close close ish um always a chance to blow out and don't really have a chance to predict that too often five point spreads but um yeah like everyone's price seems a little bit higher than it should be i mean i know Levine can put up a massive outing at any given time he can just chuck the ball but Lonzo and DeRozan are both going to eat into that. Vooch already hit, eat, ate into that a little bit last season. Vooch at 9K with how many guys that can score on this offense in there. I just think everyone's a little bit too high priced. It's not a bad matchup versus Detroit, but I just don't see any of these guys making value on an 11-game slate or at least being worth taking a shot. I'm guessing one of them will make value, but trying to figure out which one is going to be tough here. So I'm likely to just kind of avoid all of these guys, at least early on, I don't think it's really worth taking too many shots on them trying to figure out what's going to go on. Yeah. I mean, if I'm taking shots, it's probably like Patrick Williams, 4,200, um, you know, potentially playing starters minutes here. And I, I low key have a little bit of interest in Derek um, Jones at 3,300. Cause I mean, who's really going to be the score off the bench for Chicago? I don't think it's going to be Caruso or Brown. I think there is opportunity for Derek Jones, even in like a 22-minute role, to average well over a fantasy point per minute. Do you think that they'll stagger the rotations a little bit? I think they, they're going to have to. But, I mean, yeah. trying to predict where that's going to come from is I, – I, I still think like six-man-wise, I think the – think jones is interesting this season i don't know we'll have to kind of see but i maybe maybe i don't play him on this slate and just kind of see how this rotation kind of plays out Uh, let's talk pistons here i mean grant is 6500 yeah i think he's the guy from this offense I mean, the, Detroit in general is cheap. Stewart's cheap. Bay is cheap. Diallo's cheap. Hayes is cheap. Like, I don't know if what what to even expect from this team. But I think Grant is someone you can play at sixty five hundred. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that I'd take a shot on. Obviously, he kind of dropped off towards the end of last season, but they weren't giving him a full allotment of minutes like what they were earlier on the season. Early on the season, he was taking a bunch of shots. He was averaging like twenty five real life points a game. 6500 is far too cheap of a price tag for him, and I think he's the guy with a safe role. I mean, with Olenek in there, don't know how many minutes Stewart or Olenek are going to end up getting. Like, Hayes in there. Like, we don't know if Corey Joseph is going to eat into it a little bit or Saban Lee. Bay, like, we know exactly what he is. He can get hot from behind the arc, and he can put up a big game, but I don't really think that you should expect that too much. Like, you're kind of hoping that he shoots – 45, 55% from beyond the arc in order for him to hit value at 6,400. But Grant, he's probably going to have a pretty massive usage rate. He's probably going to put up 15 to 25 shots. His price tag is not reflective of what he can do. He can get stocks. He can get boards. Like Jeremy Grant is just too cheap at the 6.5K price tag. Everyone else, like, is in flux and anything can happen. While I would take a shot on a smaller slate, on a bigger slate, Grant's the only guy that I really have a ton of interest in. And I have a lot of interest in him. Yeah, I mean, Grant and Josh Jackson both averaged uh, 28 minutes per game in the preseason. Like, that's fantastic. These guys are these guys are ramped up and ready to go. We, we potentially see 35 minutes from these guys in this game. So, a uh, ton of interest in Grant. I don't mind maybe Jackson as a large field tournament dart. Um, moving on, Boston at New York. 
218 and a half total. The Knicks, a two-point favorite over the Celtics here. Brown's questionable and Horford's out, and Noel is doubtful on the other side of this game. Uh, let's start here with Boston. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be smart. Richardson, Brown, Tatum, Williams to start the season. It sounds like Williams has kind of earned that starting starting center spot for now. What are your thoughts on the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends a little bit on if Brown ends up playing or not. That's obviously going to change the minutes around for everyone, going to change a lot of the usage. I mean, if Brown's out, then I think Tatum is definitely very much in play as a spend up. I think Smart's in play. Williams, yeah, he's probably going to get the starting job, and he's probably going to play a decent amount of minutes, but there's Cantor there that always has a chance to eat into things. So I don't know if I want to go with him. Richardson is who he is and probably going to play some defense, and he's probably going to shoot a few threes and probably not worth it for fantasy value. So it's kind of all dependent on Brown. If Brown's in there, I don't have a ton of interest in any of these guys. We don't know exactly what pace the Knicks are going to be playing at, but if they're anything like last year, they're going to be solid defensively and they're going to play at a slower pace. So I don't think this is going to be a terribly high scoring game and not very well, not very good for fantasy. So if Brown's in there, I'm probably just little bits and pieces of Tatum, Smart, Brown, if Brown's out, I'll definitely have some ownership in uh, Tatum and Smart. Probably staying away from Williams and Cantor. Do you think if Brown sits, they start Schroeder and play Smart at the two? I, I mean, mean they... he, I think Pritchard would be the other guy unless they start Langford. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think Schroeder at the two is probably the move. I'll just move Richardson to the – or Schroeder at the one, Smart at the two. They'll probably move Richardson to the three. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's tough. Like, you can kind of just wait. I mean, who knows? Maybe they go a little bit bigger and throw Hernan Gomez in there. It's too early to say. Like, we'll know when we get the uh, starting lineup tomorrow. But, like, it's, it's tough to say this early on. But even if Schroeder isn't there, I don't know if I really want to pay 5.9K for him in this matchup. I mean, I have some interest in Robert Williams at 5.1K. I always like cheaper um, center plays, and Mitch Robinson isn't the most talented defensive player. Um, so, I mean, I definitely have a little of interest in Robert Williams. He's he's on the list anyway. And then, I mean, going to the Knicks side of things, this is an – I mean, I wouldn't say it's a new-look Knicks team, but they there's some people and pieces, and me and Meansy were talking about this on Friday, Kimball Walker and Barrett should get like a lot of the guard minutes outside of like Derrick Rose and Burks coming off the bench. But I mean, we had such a rotating point guard so much last season for the Knicks. Kimball Walker brings some stability here. What are your thoughts when you're looking at the Knicks here? And my problem is it, it's still like we thought Tibbs would do all sorts of things last season. Walker, if he is going to play 35 plus minutes, 35 minutes, somewhere in that range, then yeah, he could be very valuable. And it's the first match of going up against the Celtics, so I wouldn't mind playing Walker here. He's definitely a guy that stands out a little bit. I think Randall, with how much usage he had last year compared to what he might end up with this year with Kemba in there, with Fournier in there, it could change things around a little bit. So I'm not really expecting him to just be that point-per-minute monster that he was. Barrett. Get out! Get out! Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Basis ball, am I right? Oh, Vasquez um, turned on one and it was oh, warning track. Oh, sorry. 
Oh, man. I just uh, turned on the podcast <laughs> and I don't even care because everyone here knows I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Um, so, yeah, I hope I didn't wake my kids up. I thought your kids got in the room. I'm like, that seems kind of harsh for yelling at your kids that way. <laughs> um, yeah, Barrett, I don't know if I want to use him. Like, he's definitely going to drop in usage. Like, honestly, I don't know if there's anyone I want outside of taking a shot on Kemba. Like, Fournier at 6K, like, he can always end up 10 or 40. I'm not going to take a shot on that quickly. All his minutes are going to be into I mean, I guess Robinson at 5.1K. Although, I guess he, there's a pretty decent chance he gets into foul trouble, but he still could end up with enough minutes. So, I guess Walker and Robinson are fine GPP plays, but neither one of them are great. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Knicks, Kimba at 67, I think, is in play. Randall is always in play. The dude has a 70-point ceiling, and I don't I don't run Robinson. I don't mind either cheap center in this game. So Washington at Toronto, 218 total here. Toronto is a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, on the Washington side. Bryant is out. Um, Hachimura is out. Winston's out. And then on the Toronto side, Boucher is questionable, and Siakam is out. Uh, let's start with Washington. I mean... I don't even know what to think here. Kyle Kuzma's 5.1K. Gafford should start at center in this game. Harrell, if there's ever an opportunity for Harrell to, like, join that, like, six-man strong role again, being on the Washington Wizards might do that. But I don't know what to think here for Washington. But, I mean, it's not like this Toronto team is that same Toronto team we've known for so long where they're so good defensively. This is a way different Toronto offense. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, at least for opening night, it's going to be an entirely different offense outside of Van Vliet and OG. Uh, I guess Boucher's in there too. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's super interesting with the Washington. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to try and run at the same pace as they did before. Like, the lower total in this game of 218 kind of concerns me. Beal, is he going to – be ridiculous right now or is Kuzma and Dinwiddie going to eat into his usage quite a bit like it's just an interesting situation but I'm definitely taking some shots and you mentioned Montrez Laurel like he's 3.7k like he played 18 minutes in the preseason I don't want to give too much credence to that but it's not like they have a ton of other things going for him I think Harold is definitely an interesting guy and definitely a guy they'll use in tournaments a decent amount but I'll take shots on Beal, Kuzma, Dinwiddie. And I think Beal, like, I think he's got to be one of the better plays on the slate. Am I wrong there? Who, Beal? Yeah. I think ceiling-wise, usage-wise, all that stuff, I think he's someone that's got to be considered here. Um, I think both guards in this game. We'll talk about Van Vliet when we get there. But I, I think Beal is in a good spot. The rest of the team, I think, is all question marks. But, I mean – Kuzma at 5.1K, Gafford, Harrell. I think you could take shots on these guys in tournaments, but I kind of want to see what the starting lineup looks like for Washington. And then I kind of want to kind of look at like projections and projected ownership for Washington. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to look at projections tomorrow for them. Well, you should. Not to not to be a company man, but the Roto Grinders NBA projection team is fantastic. Um, Toronto Raptors, Van Vliet, right? Like I know he's seven point five K, but 
Do you see a world and he doesn't get like 30% usage with this offense now? No, it's all about is he going to end up shooting terribly, which more than likely, no. Van Vliet is one of the top point per dollar plays on the slate without Siakam in there, without Lowry in there. Like, absolutely fantastic play. Um, OG at 6.1K seems a little bit underpriced and seems like a decent way to pivot off the chalk. Um, Boucher, like, if he ends up missing, then like that just kind of adds some more usage to OG and Van Vliet. Like, I guess there's always a chance that Flynn and Trent Jones or Trent Jr. Um, both end up doing something like Drogic could come in and do something. But I I, I, I just got to assume that Van Vliet's going to do a ton here and just take a boatload of shots in this game going up against Washington. Like, Van Vliet's a fantastic play on the slate. But if you want to take shots on Trent, Drogic, Flynn, or OG, I'm not going to argue with any of them. Um, yeah, I mean, if Boucher sits, Precious is probably one of the best value plays on the slate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's super cheap. He's going to get minutes. Yeah, you're probably right. So, we'll have to see how that plays out. But, I mean, definitely pay attention to that one. If Boucher plays, I like him a lot for what it's worth. Moving on, we got Cleveland at Memphis. 216 total in this game. Memphis, a seven and a half point favorite. Um, on the Cleveland side, Wade is doubtful and Windler is out. And then on Memphis, Brooks is out. Let's start with uh, the Cleveland side of things. I mean, what are we looking at here? You think for like a, a starting lineup, do you think Mobley starts? Um, I assume Allen starts marking in love, maybe off the bench. Um, what are you, what are you thinking here for Cleveland? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, like this is one it, of the biggest question marks for me too, for what it's worth. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be interesting. And in, like, I don't know. I could see them starting love the four. I mean, the only thing we know is Sexton Garland. Okoro and Allen are going to start like the four is the interesting part, like marketing or love. I don't know how much uses they'll need off the bench. I don't know how they're going to stagger the rotations. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I I'm probably, unless we get news that like love is starting, then I'm probably just going to full on just fade them, maybe take a shot on love regardless. Um, I just, all the prices are probably higher than they should be. You're not getting upside with anyone outside of Love, especially if Love doesn't end up starting. I don't know how many minutes anyone's going to end up getting outside of probably Sexton, Garland. Like, the guards are the only guys with secure minutes, but everyone else, who knows? Who who knows what they're going to end up doing? So I can't see playing anyone but Love in the spot. I mean, Sexton's going to have a pretty big usage rate. If Mobley starts, I think he's he's a little interesting. Allen, I mean, just the, there's so many minutes, like people guys fighting for minutes in this front court. So I I mean I definitely want to see how these rotations play out. I mean Sexton is somewhat interesting for tournaments. He had a monster usage rate in the preseason um, and had a good minute point per minute thing. So. Uh, the Memphis side of things, Morant, Melton, Bain, Jackson, Adams would be my assumption as far as like the starting five. 
Uh, Valanciunas gone. Uh, what do you like here for Memphis? I like Morant, but he's expensive. I really like Triple J. Um, 5.9K, obviously. He didn't do a ton last year, but he was injured most of the year, and then he finally started to see a decent amount of minutes towards the end of the season. We could see him play a full allotment of minutes here. Um, 5.9K just seems like too cheap of a price tag without uh, what's his name? Valentinus in there. That definitely adds a little bit more to Triple J. Like, I don't think Adams is really at the point in his career where he's going to take away a whole bunch of fantasy points from him. So I think this offense without Brooks in there, like, is going to be predominantly Moran and Triple J. I mean, they just gave Triple J a giant extension. So those are the guys. Moran's price tag worries me a little bit. It seems like it's a little high, but Triple J seems like it's too cheap at 5.9K. So I think he's a great GPB play on the slate. Yeah, he's 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 a guy that I had written down too. Um, again, like you said, they just signed him to a big extension. They're very excited about Triple J, so I like him. I mean, Morant is always someone that has you know some upside, but I think Jackson and you take the savings and maybe play him. I mean, if Bain and Melton are going to start, they're both like in the three Ks. So, I mean, I don't think they're great plays, but I mean, we're always kind of looking for some value. Um, I mean, there's so much value to go around on this slate, though. So, I don't think I don't know if you're looking at value uh, too much on this one. So, I have a feeling there's going to be something that pops up an hour before lock, even though we haven't played in months. That's going to be like, uh, oh, you got to play this guy. Yeah. Houston at Minnesota, two twenty-seven and a half total in this game. Minnesota is a five and a half point favorite. House is questionable. Matthews is out on the Minnesota side. Beverly's out. Noel and McLaughlin are questionable. Uh, let's start with Houston. What are you looking at here for the Rockets? Christian Woods, fantastic play. Like, he's got to crush here, right? I mean, I think him and Kevin Porter Jr. are the only two guys that I have any kind of interest in Houston. Yeah, I mean, if they decide to go with Martin in the starting lineup, I could see potentially using him. More than likely, I mean, it should be Tice. Um, so like no one else is really going to do a ton. Like Wood and Porter are going to eat up all the usage. Porter's price tag seems like it's high enough where you don't really have to use him and he's not really a great play. Um, but Wood with his usage, the fact that we get boards, like exactly what he does, it's just too low right now. Like this price tag is just far too low. Christian Wood's a fantastic play on the slate. Porter, solid play. Martin, if he's in the starting lineup, I could see using. But outside of that, I don't really have any interest in anyone. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Porter Jr. would maybe just on tape, but I really just kind of look at those two guys. Um, Jalen Green might start here. He's kind of cheap. But, again, I think we're going to have plenty of good value plays on the slate. Minnesota side of things, um, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, McDaniels, Okaji. Cat, I mean, looks like it's going to be the starting five kind of going into the season. What are your thoughts here on the Timberwolves? I mean, they're all in play. Like, we don't know what Edwards is going to be like in the second season. Obviously, he was putting up some pretty decent games, not shooting the ball well even. So, like, they all kind of have upside. They're all tournament shots. They're all guys you can throw on a game stack, bringing back you're playing Wood and Porter or Wood or Porter. Um, Cat, obviously, big ceiling. His price tag's probably where it should be. But with all these guys that like to shoot, it's going to be a little bit 
Like, because we didn't see a ton of Russell for a lot of the season. He was obviously missed a decent amount. Um, and then towards the end of the season, they were kind of off and on with his minutes. Beasley being back should end up eating into some of the usage. It's just a good matchup, though, going up against Houston. There's a high total. The spread is fairly small. So I'm just going to kind of mix and match these three guys. If I'm going to pick my favorite, it's probably Edwards at 7,100 just because of that price tag. Um, but any one of these guys are in play. None of them stand out as great plays. They're mostly game stack pieces for me. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expect this game to be sloppy good. Does that make sense? Um I don't think there's going to be a ton of defense played in this game. So I do have interest in like a game stack here. So definitely a game that I have kind of circled here for like a potential game stack tournament wise. 76ers and Pelicans in the next one here, 226 and a half total. Philly is a three point favorite. Milton, Riller and Simmons are out. And then on the Pelican side, um, obviously we know no Zion to start the season, which is kind of big news. Uh, let's start here with the 76ers. Grant, am I crazy for just thinking that like Embiid is going to be on a mission in this game and just comes out and he's like, hey, I'm still here and I'm going to crush and I'm going to show you that I'm going to crush. Yeah, no, he's going to crush. Like, like he, he, I just feel like he's going to be on a mission for this game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we always knew last year with Simmons out that Harris and Embiid were good plays. It's not going to be any different now. I mean. Like, that's just what it's going to be. It'll be interesting. I think Maxie's going to be in the starting rotation. I, I think, think I think Maxie starts at the two and Green starts at the three. Curry probably starts at the one. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I mean, Maxie's definitely interesting at 4K. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is Embiid and Harris. Like, both these guys should get an increase in usage this year. Like, obviously... Embiid can put up a 75-point outing. He's going up against Pelicans. Valanciunas isn't a terrible matchup. Like, you know, having Zion in there is definitely an upgrade to Embiid. This is probably going to be a fairly high-scoring game. The total sitting at 226.5 in some sports books. Um, like, yeah, Embiid, absolute smash spot. It's going to be trying to figure out to take him or Lillard, I'm guessing, as you're spent up on this slate. And I think I've slightly in towards and be just without Simmons in there. So yeah, it should be should be a fun game. And I think it'd be crushes here, but Harris, Maxi, both very viable options. I think Maxi starts at the one. I'm sorry, I think Curry starts at the two. But I think Maxi at 4K um is one of the better value plays on the slate. So right there with you. Uh the Pelican side, I mean Marshall probably starts with no Zion. Uh, Valanciunas, Ingram, Nall, and Graham. What are your thoughts here on the Pelicans? I think Graham's interesting at 5,700. Like, who knows exactly what this offense is going to look like, but I assume that Graham's going to play a boatload of minutes and probably be pretty heavily involved. So his price tag of 5.7K just seems a little bit too low. Valanciunas, always interesting. Don't know how many minutes he's going to end up getting. We could see him play a bunch. We could see him play not too many. I never know. It's always a crapshoot with him, but he's definitely fine. Ingram at 7.7K I think is an interesting play here. He could obviously have a big game, but Graham's kind of the guy that I'm looking at. And Nas, probably 
a little high priced of me to take a shot on him. So I'm 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 like very interested in Graham and then a little bit interested in Ingram and Valentunas. Yeah, for me, when I'm looking at the Pelicans here, I have a ton of interest in Graham. Um, a lot of interest in Ingram. And I mean, I think I even have like some slight interest in Valentunas. So um, I mean, this is a game where I know I'm gonna play Embiid. So I definitely want to, you know, run it back. And I think Graham is going to be the guy that I end up running it back the most. So uh, my Orlando Magic at the San Antonio Spurs. It's a 212 and a half total, the lowest total that we have on the slate. San Antonio is a six-point favorite. For the Magic, Michael Carter-Williams, Foltz, Isaac um, are out. There, I think there was somebody else I'm missing. Um Okiki, MCW, Fultz. Okiki. Okiki's yeah. out. That was the other one. Um, and then on the Spurs, Collins is out. I don't think it really matters. Um, the Magic, I don't even know what to think here. I think it's going to be Anthony. Suggs probably starts. Harris, Mobamba, and Wendell Carter Jr. If I had to guess, they love using Ross off the bench. So I don't think he starts. I don't know. Yeah. This is going to be a team that probably has the least amount of players on opening night, like on the bench. I, I don't know what to do with the Magic here. This is full tank mode season for both of these teams. Well, maybe Magic more than the Spurs. Yeah. I mean, I think Suggs is interesting at 4K. That's kind of it. <laughs> um, I don't even I, honestly. I'm just I look at this spot and I'm like, I think the guy that has the highest ceiling is Mobamba, ceiling wise. I, I think Suggs at 4K is is interesting as far as like value goes, but I think Mobamba, if he can stay out of foul trouble, he could crush in this spot. Um, so. That's all I kind of got here as far as the Magic is concerned. Let's talk about the Spurs. A, a different-look Spurs team. Murray, White, Johnson, McDermott, um, Podal. What are we thinking here for the Spurs? DeJounte Murray is definitely interesting. 6.8K. Without DeRozan in there, I think he could take on a little bit of a bigger role this year and always has potential upside. I just don't know what they're going to end up doing. Like, I don't know. Like, Everyone's kind of priced where they should be. Obviously, Kelvin Johnson could put up a massive outing at any given time. He can also more than likely put up 20 points in the rest of the outings here. And so he's priced kind of not for his upside, but for his potential downside. White, like, obviously could put up a pretty decent game. But I just, like, on a smaller slate, like I said, I'd probably take a little bit of the volatility here with one of these guys potentially going for a big game. But I don't know if I'm real interested in anyone here, like maybe Podal at 5K. Mm -hmm. Like he's definitely interesting. He can put up a big outing. He's going to get 30 plus minutes, but it'll be interesting to see what they actually do. Like they, the Spurs look terrible. Like I know Pop is good, but the Spurs look absolutely horrible. I think Podal's in play. And I think Johnson is, is kind of cheap at 5,100, but overall, this game has the lowest total on the slate. This is not a game that we're going to be targeting a lot. 
We got yeah. the Thunder and the Jazz. Two twenty and a half total here. The Jazz, it, they're a twelve point favorite. Uh, Rudy Gay's out. That's really the only injury news from this game. Um, I mean, is there anything on the Thunder that piques your interest at all? No. Like SGA is fine, but no, just nothing seems worth it. I mean, we'll this play. No- I feel like we'll play SGA and maybe like Dort and Roby in like spots, but this isn't one of them. Like the Jazz should crush the Thunder in this game. And I, I this is just one of those games I've kind of crossed off. Um, even on the Jazz side of things, like Mitchell and Gobert should crush, but I don't know if they crush enough to pay off these price tags because I don't know if they get enough fourth quarter minutes to pay off these price tags. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the main thing. Like, OKC's not good. They have a high implied team total, but not really expecting this game to be remotely close here. So, like, yeah, if you want to take a shot on Gobert or Mitchell, that's fine, but you're better off going elsewhere. Even if this game is close, like, decent chance it blows up. But if this game stays close, I don't see either of these guys putting up a gotta-have-it score here. So, I, I like, this game's pretty much a full-on fade for me. Yep. Unless a lot of news comes out in this game, it's just not a game that I'm going to be looking at. I can't say the same for this next game. Probably the game that I'm most excited for on the slate. Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, uh, two, I think it's 223 and a half. And Phoenix is a six-point favorite. Murray's out and Sarge is out. Uh, Let's start here with Denver as the Red Sox just absolutely fall apart in the ninth. And I am extremely tilted because the umpire did not call a third strike that he should have um let's go denver first what are your thoughts here on the nugs Jokic porter like both of them should end up with a pretty big night here like this game is gonna be a good one it should be fairly close got decently high total murray's not in there we obviously know what Jokic and porter can do Porter's a little bit too cheap at 6,400. Jokic is who he is. Just trying to figure out if I'd rather pay for him or Embiid or Lillard. Um, I think I'm more on Embiid than I am Jokic, but I'm not going to argue with it at all. So, like, I mean, Phoenix isn't really a great matchup. They're not, they play pretty decent defense and they don't play a huge pace. I thought you were going to be more excited about the next game we're talking about, but. We're going to talk about that game too. Like, you got plenty of late night hammers sitting here. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, do you have any interest in anyone besides Porter and Jokic? I mean, I have a ton of interest in Michael Porter Jr. And I hate playing Jokic, but I really like this spot for him. You haven't gotten over that since last year? I hate playing Jokic. I, I, okay. I don't hate playing Jokic as much as I used to, but I never get this guy right. (laughs) So. Um, I might just like change tides. I changed tides on Joey Votto this season, and I, I think I could turn the, the, the tide on Jokic too. But, um, ton of interest in Mark Michael Porter Jr., 6,400, no Murray. Um, I mean, I feel like he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot, and so is Jokic. So, ton of interest in both of those guys. Maybe I take a few shots on Monte Morris, but probably not. I really think it's going to be Porter and Jokic. And on the Suns side of things, Devin Booker is probably $1,000 too cheap um, at 8200 Massive ceiling for him. I love Booker and running like back with like Porter or Jokic or both. Um, what are your thoughts on the Suns? 
Yeah, Booker's definitely too cheap. I think Paul and Aiton and Crowder and Bridges are all priced about how they should be, but Booker's just far too cheap at 8,200. I mean, this could be a big scoring game. It's a solid matchup going up against Denver. Should be high scoring. It's got a pretty high total. So Booker is kind of who I'd want to play, but everyone else, like, unless Aiden makes a bit of a leap this season, he's priced where he should be at 7K. Chris Paul, Bridges, I guess, at 5K gives you a little bit of a ceiling, but that's kind of it. And it's big enough slate where I'd rather take shots on other spots. So it's really just Booker. All right. Um, we finish it out with Sacramento at Portland, 232 and a half total. Portland, a five point favorite in this game. Um, projects is one of the best, if not the best games on the slates. Let's start with the Kings. Um, I mean, I expect it to be Holmes over Thompson at center. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Kings? Yeah, I mean, regardless, I, I don't know if I'd. I can't trust the minutes on either of them. Um, so I'm probably staying away from the center position. Bagley doesn't look like he's going to be heavily involved in the rotation. So don't really want to go with him. That kind of leaves Halliburton, Fox. Like Barnes is fine, but I don't know if I want to pay 7.4K for Barnes this early on this season. But he's probably going to be coming off the bench. And he can put up a decent outing, but you're just expecting so much from shooting here. Where it's 7K, I think you're fine taking a shot on him, but it's mostly in a game stack, hoping games this close and he gets run at the end of the fourth quarter. But Fox and Halliburton, like Fox can put up a massive outing in this type of spot here. It's obviously a good matchup. Halliburton, second year, probably in the starting rotation, should play a boatload of minutes, should get a lot of usage. Seems too cheap at 7K. Um, both those guys, it's Fox, it's the guards, really. The guards should crush here and they should get a boatload of minutes. And this game should be very high scoring. Pretty sure it has the highest total on the slate, if I remember correctly. Um, and double checking here, yeah, two thirty-two. And it's go, it started off at two thirty. Should be close. Fox and Halliburton are fantastic plays. I like Halliburton a lot. Um, I like Fox a lot as well. I like just the price of Halliburton. Um, I wish Barnes was cheaper. I think Holmes is another guy you could put, potentially play here, but I, I mean, I think Fox is. Um, I think Fox is the play. And then on the Portland side of things, Lillard is super expensive. I mean, you, you obviously you can take shots on him anytime that you want. I have a lot of interest in CJ McCollum. I mean, McCollum has that like 50 point ceiling as well. And when he's hot and has these games, he's going to put up 20 shots in this game. If he's hitting shots early, I mean, I think he's someone you could potentially look at at 7,200. It's kind of like that Devin Booker thing. Like maybe McCollum's $1,000 too cheap too. What are your thoughts here on Portland? I mean, I like all their big three, Lillard, McCollum, and Nurk. Like Nurk is sitting at 7K. He obviously has 50-point upside. He can absolutely get it done. Match versus Sacramento, a fast-paced team, really not great versus Biggs. Nurkic could end up with a pretty solid well spot. I don't think Zeller's going to eat into his minutes too much, so... I know it's early on in the season. They may not want to overdo things, but I still expect them to probably play a decent amount of minutes. I would expect 30-plus. So Nurk, I think, is definitely a guy that you can look at too. But Lillard, even at this price tag, just the pace, the potential pace of this game and the high total here. I mean, Lillard in any spot can put up 70. I don't think he's going to be too highly owned. But, like, this is a perfect game stack. I think you stack up the guards over on Sacramento and bring it back with Lillard and McCollum and 
Nurkic. And it's just that simple. We know that a lot of this offense is going to run through those three guys and any one of them have a big ceiling on any given night. I don't know if I play Lillard or McCollum together, um, but I think you can definitely play one of them in the stack and bring Nurk in there too. Yeah, I usually try to limit my exposure to those two. I mean, I'm not saying that it never works, but I feel like it works less than... Um... They're definitely negatively correlated. Oh, yeah. Um, like on a long-term basis, I would say for sure. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then um, we'll get out of here. Give me your favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Gosh, I should have written this down to there. There were so many <laughs> people so that we many talked about. Today. And now I'm literally just sitting here. I'm just going to go with Maxi. Like, I know that we've talked about like six different guys. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Um, Maxi was the guy that I had written down. So hold on one second. Oh, you can take Maxi. I'll take Harold. All right, there we go. I I like Harold too, so I like that call. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Um, I'll go with I'll go with Levine. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I'm gonna go Donovan Mitchell. I I think. Utah just crushes the Thunder here, and we just don't see a lot of fourth quarter minutes. Uh, who's your favorite 6X play today? I'm going to go with Christian Wood. I like that. I like that. Um, I mean, I, we started off the show talking about LaMelo Ball, and I just I think the ceiling for this kid is just massive with Graham gone. So I'm going to go LaMelo Ball as my favorite 6X play today. Uh, give me your let's get weird GPP play of the day. Is Triple J weird? I mean, it is a, an 11 game slate. I think he's going to project well, so maybe he's not weird. But I think, uh, you know, you, you, you yeah. if you want to call it, go for it. I mean, I'm scrolling down. I'm trying to figure out another weird play. And I just so many players. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's weird, really. So I guess I'll go with Triple J. I like it. I'm going to go Mo Bamba as my let's get weird GPP play today. Like it. Again, I think the magic are in full tank mode, but Mo Bamba has a big ceiling. Um, so if he gets the minutes and he stays out of foul trouble, this is a dude that can put up like a four to eight block game. So we know the ceiling there. Um, this is a tough question. I'm adding this question for now. I might change it. Um, give me a chalky play that you're okay with being overweight on. And this is tough on an 11-game slate this early in the season. That's why I'm kind of iffy on this question. Um, is there anybody that you think is going to be chalky that you're okay with? Jeremy Grant? I don't know if he'd be chalky, though. Yeah, see, mine was Van Vliet. I think Van Vliet's going to be chalky. That's At seventy five hundred, and I'm perfectly, definitely. I'm perfectly okay being overweight on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess Lamelo would be my guess to be chalky. I don't know. It's just so tough this early on in the season. We don't know what projection systems are going to look like. We don't know what minutes they're going to project for people. It, it's just, it'll be, it'll be more interesting tomorrow. I mean, I guess I could say De'Aaron Fox. I would guess would be chalky or Halliburton. Halliburton, Halliburton was yeah, Halliburton's a good one. All right, I'll go with Halliburton. All right, we'll go Halliburton and Van Vliet for the first time. So 
Uh, give me a bet that you like here. Um, anything standing out to you here? Over 227 um, for the Houston game. I think you can still get it at 227 over on MGM and DK, but we'll see where that's at in the morning. All right. Um, yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. 227. I mean, I think I have to. I think this game is going to be closed. Uh, give me Denver plus six. I don't mind Denver plus six. I wonder. I haven't looked. I wonder if there's like some places you can get six and a half. Watch that line. I always like the half a point in NBA. Do you like the half a point in NBA? I know we like half a point in any sport, but I mean, I always like the half a point in NBA. Yeah, which place did you say? Did I don't know. I, I written. I wrote it down earlier today. Um, Denver is still every place is at six. Yeah, so, but it's slowly moving towards Phoenix, so it might be six and a half in the morning. Yeah, let's get it. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Hopefully that helps. Again, make sure you're paying attention to news. We're, we're a first look podcast, especially for NBA. There's so much news throughout the day, uh, so be paying attention to that. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts? Nope, I'm just just happy NBA is back. I'm happy I survived Vegas. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. I'm going to go tilt the Red Sox and not go to sleep now. Um, good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again on Thursday. Hey, kids.